You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. We are recording again at the Exeter Inn in Exeter, New Hampshire, and with me again is my co-host Cindy Johnson, Operations Manager of Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, the chapter of the American Lighthouse Foundation that cares for two historic lighthouses not far from where we are right now. What's new, Cindy? Well, Jeremy, the biggest thing in our little lighthouse world is the repainting of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in Newcastle. The staging has gone up, the prep work has begun, and we're all just really excited to see it painted. Yes. Yeah, it just started a few days ago. It'll be going on for a couple more weeks, and it is very exciting. First paint job of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in nine years. So we are extremely excited about that. Uh, On today's episode of Lighthearted, we're going to journey down to the Caribbean island of Aruba for a visit to the California Lighthouse. But again, the California Lighthouse is not in California, it's in Aruba. We'll listen to my interview with Anne E. Witzenberg of Monuments Fund Aruba about the recently restored lighthouse that is now open to the public. We'll also have our usual trivia question with prizes, but we're going to start today with our lighthouse history segment. For the past few episodes in our series on lighthouse history, we've been telling you about some of the world's oldest lighthouses that are still standing. In the last episode, we told you about the Hook Lighthouse in Ireland. Today, we're going to talk about the Kopu Lighthouse on the Estonian island of Hiuma, which was originally built in 1531. It's the third oldest operating lighthouse in the world. Local merchants convinced officials that a lighthouse was needed in the vicinity by the year 1500, with shipwrecks a common occurrence in that part of the Baltic Sea. Construction began a few years later, but with war, plague, and famine at the time, construction was slow. The tower was finished in 1531, but sources indicated an exterior stairway wasn't added until 1649. A grate for burning coal and wood was hoisted to the top at that time, and in 1652, a decree stated that the fire would be strong and the watchman would not be permitted to sleep. From 1659 to 1805, the lighthouse was operated under private ownership. The massive square limestone tower has four huge buttresses that give it an imposing look. The tower was raised to its present height in 1659 with a brick extension giving it a total height of 118 feet, or 36 meters. The focal plane of the light is 337 feet above the water. In 1805, the Kopu Lighthouse was transferred to the Russian Crown. It was under control of the Russian Navy for many years and was in operation for 10 months of the year. A team of seven serviced the light, with one on watch at all times. In 1859, a Fresnel lens was installed that rotated using a clockwork mechanism. The tower was painted in 1939 with paint that sealed in moisture and didn't allow the limestone to dry, and the mortar deteriorated rapidly. Meanwhile, the lighthouse was a target of German bombers in 1941, and the lantern and lens were destroyed. New equipment was installed after the war, and the light was automated in 1963. There were some major repairs in the 1970s and 80s. 
The Estonian Maritime Administration still maintains the Kopu Lighthouse as an aid to navigation, and it's also a protected cultural memorial. It's a major tourist attraction and has been open to the public since 1999. There's a cafe and gift shop right next to the lighthouse. There's a website and Facebook page for the lighthouse. Unfortunately, there is no English translation at this time, so if you want to read about the Kopu Lighthouse on the official website, you'll have to learn Estonian first. In the next edition of Lighthearted, we'll be talking about the famous Cordouan Lighthouse in France, known as the Lighthouse of Kings. Next, we're cruising about 2,200 miles to the south to the sunny Caribbean. Aruba, a tiny Dutch Caribbean island off the coast of Venezuela, has dry, sunny weather, sandy blonde beaches, and gentle surf. Constant trade winds bring cool breezes and cause the famous Divi Divi trees to slope southwesterly. A strong European influence shows in architecture that features Dutch gables painted in tropical pastels. The European influence is also evident in the island's languages, with English, Dutch, and Spanish spoken alongside the local tongue, Papiamento. One of the most popular tourist attractions on Aruba is the California Lighthouse, near the northern tip of the island. The recently restored lighthouse, which is more than 100 years old, is open to the public all year. Since 2015, Monuments Fund Aruba has owned and managed the California Lighthouse. Anne E. Witzenberg has been director of Monuments Fund Aruba since 2012. I recently had the opportunity to speak with her on the phone. Let's listen to that interview now. Anne, thanks so much for speaking with me today. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thanks so much. Uh, Anne, uh, please tell us about how your organization obtained ownership of the lighthouse and restored it. Well, that's kind of a long story, but I will try to keep it short for you. Um, for years and years, our, our lighthouse was actually abandoned. It was owned by the government of Aruba, but the light was still in use. And um, after I became director of Monuments Fund, I talked to our government, to our ministers and all the departments, and they told me, no, don't worry, um, we will fix it. We have some money and we will fix it. But um, this is a very important monument to Aruba, and in my opinion, it was not necessary to fix it, but to, to really carry out a full restoration and to get it open to the public. So it was only after four years of negotiations that we finally um, got the opportunity to actually buy the lighthouse from the government, and then we got into a discussion what is the value of this lighthouse, because it's really difficult you can you can put a value on a house, but a lighthouse is a little bit more difficult. But in the end, we, we got an agreement. We bought the lighthouse, and then restorations got on really soon. So that's how we became the owner. And this was uh, about 2016, is that correct? Um, 2015, yes. 2015. Now, I understand you also uh, located and restored a, a Fresnel lens from the lighthouse. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well? That's correct. That came as a as a really nice surprise during the the project and the research that we did um, about the history of the lighthouse and also about the lighthouse keepers. We actually got in touch with the son of the last lighthouse keeper that lived next next to the lighthouse, and who spent his whole youth there. So he he had beautiful stories to tell. Um, during that process, um, his son, so actually the grandson of the last last uh, lighthouse keeper, came across the lens. Um, in a small museum, closed museum, in San Nicolas on the other end of the island. 
And so we approached this uh, gentleman, owner of a little museum that was not open to the public anymore, and he told us, yes, this is the lens of California Lighthouse, and he rescued it after um, it was replaced by an electrical light. So it is damaged, and it was um, he polished it sometimes, <laughs> but it was not in the best of, 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 of conditions. And he actually wanted to have money for this. Um, we didn't have a budget, and as a big surprise, next Christmas, an anonymous donator from our uh, foundation sent me a check and told me, go buy the lens. And a few, year, a few weeks later after that, uh, one of the other foundations of the island told me, um, if you now have the lens, I can tell you we have the old mechanism in our backyard, fully rusted. <laughs> <laughs> and um, So everything came back together. And then we had the third kind gesture of a gentleman in the Netherlands who is an expert on these mechanisms and lenses, uh, who offered, he, he is retired, he offered to come to Aruba, um, pay his own ticket, and help us with the restoration of both the lens and the mechanism. And so we accepted that graciously. We had some sponsors here on the island who provided hotels for them and, and, and transportation. And together with students from our uh, vocational education here on the island, they, they fully restored the whole lens and the, and the mechanism. So we are wow. now the proud owners of the lighthouse, the lens, and the mechanism. And we're actually waiting for the time that government um, offers us a little space next to the lighthouse to do an exposition there. In the meantime, it is a traveling exposition that now is in the um, cruise terminal uh, where cruise ships uh, come to Aruba. We have about one, almost one million cruise ship uh, tourists coming in every year. And when they enter Aruba, the first thing they will see is the lens and the mechanism and some explanation about our monument. That's amazing. What a, what a great thing to have. And it's a very large lens, right? I believe it's a first-order lens, which is uh, extremely yes. large. Yes, it's quite large, yes. And actually, I, I, I wondered how they ever got it up there um, yeah. in the days. Uh, we found some, some newspaper articles from the past because these lenses, they were ordered in that time. We were a Dutch colony, and Holland ordered these lenses in France. And then um, the First World War came, and so they were not able to produce or transport the lens. And it was not until 1920 that the lens arrived here, and one of the newspapers from Curacao, our neighboring island, um, wrote the, the boat with the lens for Aruba has arrived, and we hope the people of Aruba are able to get it up there and to, to, um, to actually refit the, the mechanism, because it, it comes in like something from Ikea, you would say. <laughs> It yourself, and actually, in, during restoration, we found that the whole uh, construction and mechanism and lens have numbers on them right. that could match to 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 get the mechanism in place. And so, uh, well, we managed, <laughs> and yeah. it worked for a long time. But in the 1960s, it was replaced, of course, by by an electrical light. Now, in the United States, uh, many buildings at, at lighthouses, at light stations, have been kind of transformed to generate income through uh, what's sometimes called like adaptive reuse or creative reuse of the buildings. At your lighthouse, the old keeper's house next to the lighthouse has been uh, transformed into something pretty special. Uh, can you tell us uh, about that? 
Yes, it is now a restaurant, an Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Very nice food, I may add. Um, and you can actually see the original house and the extensions were made so that you can actually see what was the house and what is the extension. It has a grand um, terrace with um, what I think is one of the most beautiful sunsets you can have in the world because you look, um, the lighthouse obviously is, is placed on the highest place in the, um, on the island, uh, in that area of the island. The location is actually called Hudishibana, which is in um, the... Yeah, the native language of Aruba, from the Amerindians, it means the high and windy place, what it mm-hmm. is. <laughs> um, but from that point of view, you got a beautiful view over the island and also over the sea and, and have a beautiful sunset. So now the restaurant turned into, the lighthouse turned into, into a beautiful restaurant and yeah, it's really nice to sit there, have lunch or, or dinner. And they also do special parties and now the tours that are, um, Given on the lighthouse, they also have some sunset tours. So you can actually see the whole sunset from the lighthouse, from the top of the lighthouse. Oh, that's great. I don't know of another lighthouse with an Italian restaurant. I think that's uh, that's wonderful. It's quite unique, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have never personally had the pleasure of visiting Aruba. I'd really love to. And uh, seeing photos of your restored lighthouse gives me even more incentive to visit. So I really want to go there. But uh, you mentioned uh, that there are about a million visitors to the island each year. And uh, I believe most of the visitors are Americans. Is that is that correct? Yes, it's just the, um, like 800,000 um, visitors by boat only, and then we have over 1 million visitors extra. Um, so that is a, a total of about 2 million visitors. Mm. Um, the other ones come in by air, of course, um, airplane. Right. And about 70 to 75 percent of our visitors is from North America. So they, they make up a great deal of, of our um, visitors. And also tourism makes up for about 80 percent of our GDP. And that's why um, we really value our tourism, because it's such a great part of our economy. Right. How many people visit the lighthouse each year since it's uh, opened? Um, we had some starting problems while opening the lighthouse, because not many people were informed that it was open. If you check uh, like the Lonely Planets of this Earth or, or any other tour guide books, um, it takes a while to to get uh, new information into new um, editions. And also on the island, many people didn't know it was reopened. Sure. Um, so we had a, quite a slow start. There were not many tour operators interested in, in giving tours uh, at, at the beginning because everybody goes there, but nobody was used to it being a tourist attraction that you could actually enter and, and, and take a look at the view. But over the last, I'd say, year, six months, we now have a new tour operator, new tour guides, and uh, for example, they did a special Halloween weekend with a spooky lighthouse, and they <laughs> got over 600 visitors within one weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's hundreds of people every day that come there, and uh, the only problem is we have a maximum of eight people that can go up there at once because of um, uh, restrictions that we got from um, uh, the viewpoint of security and Yes, it's very sure. small stairwell, and so not more than not eight or nine people are allowed up there at the same time. So that sort of limits our visitor number till like 80 to 100 per day. Right. Uh, what should people expect when they visit the lighthouse? Are there guided tours? 
Um, actually, you can. You have a choice. You can go there and you can visit the lighthouse uh, on a fast track tour, which means you pay five dollars. You enter. You get a little bit of information, and you you go up there yourself. You take a look at the view, enjoy the view, and go down again. Um, they will be starting with tours in March every day at 10 a.m. Uh, those are really um, full tours. They take about 45 minutes and you get lots and lots of information and you go up there with the tour guide. And then they have um, specialty tours, which are like um, sunset tours, full moon tours. Um, you can actually rent the lighthouse for your special own events. We had the first gender reveal party for a baby. We had <laughs> wedding proposals and weddings up there. So, yeah, it. it, it you can you you really have a um, a choice of what you want to see and how much information you would like to to have so from fast track tour which takes about 10 minutes 15 minutes to go up there and take a look yourself to um full extended tours with lots of information Mm-hmm. The lighthouse is very tall. It's about uh, 55 meters or 180 feet, so the view must be incredible from the top. Yes, and also because it's on one of the highest points at, at that part of the island, as I told you, Hudishibana, the windy, mm-hmm. the windy high spot that we have there. Yes. Now, I understand you have a stamp available so that people with the U.S. Lighthouse Society passport can get their uh, passport stamps when they visit there, which is a, a, a great uh, thing. The US, U.S. Lighthouse Society, for people who don't know, has this passport program. People can visit the USLHS.org to learn more about that. And I believe the California Lighthouse is uh, one of a very few lighthouses outside the United States that has the pa- a passport stamp available. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, we're really proud to be the first one actually outside of North America to carry the to carry the stamp. Mm-hmm. And um, it came about uh, because of some tourists visiting Aruba. They called our office and asked us how to get the stamp. And until that moment, we we didn't know about the passport program. So we went on the internet, looked for information, and we found out about the the program uh, about the Lighthouse Society. And we really liked the idea. So we got in touch, and I must say, within very short um, time frame, we got the stamp, and now people are able to just go to the tour guides over there and um, get your passport stamped. So we're really proud of that, and as we have uh, learned that it's about um, American lighthouses, there are some of them in Canada, but we're the first one outside of North America to carry the so we're really, really proud of that. Congratulations on that. Uh, so uh, before we uh, end this conversation, is there anything else you'd like people to know about the California Lighthouse in Aruba? Well, um, maybe not just about the lighthouse itself, because it's beautiful and, and everybody's really welcome, or as we say, Bombini, to come and visit it. Um, but it makes part of, of a larger complex of, of many monuments on Aruba. Um, that show the history of the island and actually uh, every monument has its beautiful story and when you come over here I, I hope that it's not just California Lighthouse that you will be able um, to check out. Finally, the last really small story about the restoration which I think is really interesting that you cannot see when you're actually there is that when we first checked out the lighthouse some seven years ago um, to see how we could restore it uh, and what its status was we noticed that the top of the lighthouse was in a really bad shape. So it has a, uh, a copper dome on top of it. 
um, which was full of holes. Uh, and actually, during restoration, um, we had great cooperation with the Aruba Port Authority that really depend on the light to guide the, the ships till today. And during restoration, we took off the top of the lighthouse, which was a really special occasion, and we made sure the light was there in place at, at the correct um, height and, and place for all the ships to orientate. And the light kept on working during full the restoration period. And then in one day, we took the restored dome back, put the light in. So, uh, yeah, this was a really, really special story about the restoration that we're also really proud of that we managed that. And um, yeah, it shows the importance of, of uh, navigation to Aruba because we have the cruise ships coming in. And, of course, they use radar, but they also use our light at night. And we have so many fishermen here on Aruba um, till today who make use of the lighthouse. So it's not just the tourist um, visiting, but it's also really um, still in use. For more information, I want to mention that people can go online at arubalighthouse.com. Uh, there's also a Facebook page for the California Lighthouse in Aruba. And I want to thank you again for sharing some time with us today. Anne E. Uh, Witzenberg of Monuments Fund Aruba, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Jeremy. <laughs>
That's right, I should mention we actually have a couple of Sunset Cruises coming up very, very soon. There may be a few spaces left on those, so check our, our website for, for that information. That's right, Friday the 21st and Friday the 28th of June. That is correct. I also want to thank today's guest, Anne E. Witzenberg of Monuments Fund Aruba. That does it for another edition of Lighthearted. Until next time, keep a good light.